All right, family, welcome back to the God Economic Show. My name is Brother Ben X. This is Jake Taylor Jacobs. And today we're going to be talking about the best way to save money in 2020. Now, before we get started, we're actually going to show or share a clip of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan talking about uh, insurance, interest, and buying a home. And I am very grateful for Jake uh, telling me about this because I was actually trying to rush to get in a home. And uh, if I would have, I would have been in a hell of a trouble. So uh, listen to this clip by the minister and then we're going to get we're going to get started. And if you guys have any questions, you can call the number that you see right now uh, hovering at the bottom of your screen. Check it out. Look at you today. You can't see how you tore up. You want a home, don't you? Everybody wants a home. So they made it possible for you to get one. No money down. No, all you do is pay interest. How the hell could you accept a deal like that? In three years, the interest now goes up. You didn't see that in the fine print. Now you're in foreclosure. It's a trick. Who's behind it? Wall Street. Who are they? Look at you today. All right. So the minister is basically saying, um, you know, we're paying all this interest. And I want Brother Jake here to tell us what he told me. So maybe some of y'all can get saved as well. So uh, just to tell you guys about my situation, we had moved out of our apartment. And we was in transition into getting a home. And uh, we was looking for a home, looking for a home. And then I went to uh, Brother Jake's house one day and I was wondering, you know, why he still lives in an apartment. Because I was being told, you know, hey, uh, you know, when you're renting, you're renting uh, for someone else and they're basically buying it. Uh, You're buying a house for somebody else, basically. And then he was like, no, man, when you think about it, you know, if you if anything happens in your home, you got to fix it. Then I started thinking, damn, I don't really like fixing stuff like that. <laughs> then if something go wrong with this, you got to fix it. And then something going with, you know, with that, you got to fix it. But what really got me is when he broke down the numbers of how much I would be paying after 30 years and then what the actual home would be worth after that 30 years. I was like, yeah, we finna go ahead and get the little apartment real quick. So go ahead and break down what you was telling me. But before I do, it's kind of crazy that um – you and I talked about it. We got close. You hear me talk about it all the time. And then you saw uh, Minister Farrakhan just the other day. Yeah, just the other day. I just seen the minister say what he's been telling me. Now, of course, you know, we listen to the minister, but I probably heard the minister say that. But I, it wasn't conscious on my mind to even recognize it. But then I just went back and, and saw it, and I had to send Jake the clip. I'm like, bro, <laughs> listen to what he just said. This is what he was telling me as well. Yeah, it, it definitely felt my ego a little bit. You know, what I'm <laughs> about? <clears throat> but what I was telling Brother Ben, because uh, he came he came to the crib, and uh, we actually went to go hoop that day. And uh, Brother Ben was talking about how he was about to get a house. You know, he, he in the approval process. He was thinking about moving in the house, like, within a month. Like, they were they were <laughs> moving quick. And I was like, no, man, listen, that's the dumbest mistake that you can make. And he just looked at me like, you know, somebody look at you. Like, they feel like they're making the smartest move, and you tell them it's dumb. They kind of get a little, you know, that's how he look. Like, wait, man, what's up, man? What's up? And so I just began to break down the numbers. When you think about financing in itself, financing is the new age slavery. It's a way for us to be enslaved 
to the people who actually own these institutions. It's like it's like not. Uh, you know, being in slavery and not knowing that you're in slavery, but knowing that you're in slavery while being in slavery. That's how confusing it sounds. That's how it is. It literally doesn't make sense. Being financing a home is literally like a venomous snake biting your, your leg while you sleep and you don't know it. Then you wake up in a hospital and you end up dead because it doesn't happen immediately. But over time, it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse. And that's kind of what you think about. And so when you think about financing, for one, before I even even get into the numbers of mortgaging a home. That's absolutely ludicrous. But when you start thinking about finance, you got to think about it like, dang, money's made out of cotton, mm. right? The, 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 the America or these banking systems, commercial banking or, or these banking institutions, they teach us to finance or mortgage a home. So I end up literally working for cotton, <laughs> picking cotton to give this cotton to the bank for the bank to make money off my hard work. And I think it's just the craziest thing ever. And so if you think about mortgaging a home, for all you guys that, that you got these, real, I love making real estate agents mad. So if you're a real estate agent watching, ooh, 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 I can't wait. Because if you just look at the numbers, it just doesn't make sense. So if you think about a home, right, and I'm not talking about flipping homes. I'm not talking about a wholesale, right? We talked about that. I'm not talking, I'm talking about purchasing a home for you to live in. It's the craziest thing ever, especially if the number one purpose of you buying at home, I want to pass it down, you know, I just buy it because, you know, I'm tired of, I'm tired of renting. Well, well, you ain't trying to buy uh, uh, the water. You ain't trying to buy the electricity company. I mean, you renting that, right? Yeah. You, you ain't trying to buy your food. You renting your food. You, 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 <laughs> every month, you're spending $500, $600, $700 a month renting food, using the food. Shitting out the food and starting over again. You ain't trying to buy the food. You ain't buying land so that you can be able to own your property or manage your own uh, food. You ain't trying to uh, have your own ecosystem to where you got your own energy. So why, when it comes to where I stay, is it a big deal for you to own it or for you to rent it? It don't make sense. So if you look at the numbers, let's look at a $200,000 home. So we're looking at $200,000 home. And let's, let's, let's look at for an example. Let's look at for an example. I'm going to pull out my little mortgage calculator. <clears throat> For some of you guys that's waiting on me to slip up, I ain't going to slip. I promise. <laughs> so let's say, let's, say, let's say you got a $300,000 home, right? Say you got a $300,000 home. Oh, brother, Ben, I was talking to somebody, and they was like, well, if you just put 20% down, well, who got 60 Gs to put down on a home? Mm. You got 60 Gs to put down on a $300,000 home, then, then you shouldn't be uh, getting that home anyway. So we're just going to look at it right now. We're going to look at a $300,000 home. Uh, and let's say um, you put 3.5% down because, you know, they got that new home buyer uh, mm -hmm. type deal. So you got to put $10,500 down on a 30-year fixed loan. Let's say that your interest rate is 3.99. 3.99 is your interest rate. I'm going to be paying $2,020 a month for 30 years. Wow. I'm going to be paying $2,020 a month for 30 years. Let's do the math. Uh, uh, 30 years times 12 months because there's 12 months in a year so that's 360 months times 2020 which is 2000 oh that's kind of like the year the year yeah showing y'all how to make the new money right in the new year right so that's 360 months times 2020 dollars that equals 727 thousand dollars if you guys look at the screen 727 thousand dollars that i spent on a property uh, over the last 30 years 
And nine times out of 10, you bought the property in a place that doesn't really grow in value like that. So a $300,000 home in like a Cedar Hill or DeSoto or Duncanville, if people that live in uh, Dallas, Texas, these suburban, you know, smaller suburban, suburban areas, it's not a place that's like literally going to be having plants and Google and all these other, you know, big corporations to come move into the city. So the value of that property is not really going to be growing, you know, uh, growing 100% in the next 30 years. So for a $300,000 house, I literally $300,000 was the cost of the house. I literally gave the bank $427,200 in interest in interest. Wow. It's, it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, <clears throat> you know, people say you need to save your money in the 401ks or IRAs and all this stuff. I can be saving 10% of my money for retirement, but if 40% of my money is going to financing, I got it backwards. I'm, I'm spending 40% of my money to pay a bank and I got 10% of my money uh, saving for retirement. No sh- that you're going to be broke at retirement. It don't make sense. Literally 40% of your bread is going to a banking institution because you wanted to purchase a home that you ain't had no business purchasing. So I have people ask me, brother Ben, they say, well, Jake, if I can't afford that, if it's not smart to get a home, what I'm supposed to do? Rent. You're broke. What are you talking about? <laughs> Rent. <laughs> or if you get a property, you need to, you need to swallow your pride, all your family. If you got, you know, Three three couples that are married. You can have the three married couples that probably don't have kids because that changed the game. Three married couples that got the three rooms, and y'all all split the rooms. Now the cost of the home goes all the way down. You can eat the rent a lot faster. You can be able to do that, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. But the point that I'm trying to make, that's $427,000 that you spent just on financing a home. Mm. That's $727,000 you spent on a $300,000 home that I can guarantee that your kids ain't going to want to stay in when you leave because your land not even big enough for your kids, multiple kids to have multiple properties or multiple uh, uh, houses on that property. Your grown kids with kids ain't going to want to stay in that one little house. Mm. Then you say, oh, yeah, but it's going to be rental property money. That's the dump. You're going to wait 30 years for that money to start generating you capital. You're going to wait till you're almost dead. Now, when he broke that down to me, that was something uh, that was revealing <laughs> as well, because you hear a lot of people say every millionaire, you know, they get it through real estate as if like that is the main vehicle. And we talk about these multiple properties. But if you can or you want to go into the actual cash flow that some of these uh, rental, properties? Yeah, rental properties are having, because it's not like, you know, when you hear about it, you think, OK, damn, they're getting two thousand, three thousand per per person that's written it out. And it's not really like that. Uh, for the most part. So can you break that part down? Because I know it's a lot of people that's trying to save up money. Maybe they want to take out a loan to give that down payment so they can put somebody else in it that's paying the mortgage, but they may not be making what they think they're going to make. So so you see a lot of these real estate people, and a lot of these real estate people, they're they're getting rich off of you buying their courses, right? And if real estate was the only way somebody could get rich, that means that there will only be people in real estate rich. There's many ways for you to get wealthy. There's only so much land that you can actually purchase and buy. So don't get it misunderstood. I'm not saying don't purchase land. What I'm saying is don't buy homes that you're going to live in. Now, Jake, what about a, a home that it generates me cash flow? Okay, I'd say $250,000 home. Say it's a three-bed, two-bath. $250,000 home for $399. i am probably going to be spending like $1,500, maybe twelve dollars to $1,500 a month on the mortgage. Well, in the you got to look at what the rental rates are going around around your area, depending on the area. But typically, I can't get more than maybe seventeen hundred, eighteen hundred dollars a month that I can charge for rent. Mm-hmm. 
for that property for it to be compatible, comparable and competitive to all the other rental properties. So if I'm if my mortgage on that home is twelve hundred dollars, correct, mm-hmm. and I'm charging eighteen hundred dollars for this two hundred and fifty thousand dollar property. That means that my cash flow from that property is four hundred dollars. Minus, I haven't even subtracted expenses and maintenance costs of keep upkeep of the property because we're supposed to be putting around like one point two five percent of uh, of the mortgage is supposed to be going to that. So let's just say I got four hundred dollars a month of passive income coming from this real estate property. I'm walking around big and bad. Oh, I got real. I got a real estate property. You know, I mean, sh- I mean, shoot, I mean, I, I'm rich. You know, what I mean, they 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 give me eighteen hundred a month. Well, that's not necessarily true. Eighteen hundred dollars minus your twelve hundred dollars. I'll give me. I'll, I'll say twelve hundred. Eighteen hundred dollars minus your twelve hundred dollar mortgage. That leaves you with what six hundred dollars of 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 income. Or cash flow, and you still have to subtract. If you're a smart renter, you got to put about $150 away, $200 away for maintenance costs that will arrive because that person staying in your house ain't going to stay forever, and they will break stuff that you will be responsible for. So if you go ahead and put that aside, say put $200 aside, your net income from that property is $400. So not only do you have a $250,000 liability, you're only making two hundred, four hundred dollars net net income from this one property. You gonna go do it again? Mm. It, it, it doesn't logic like that. That way is slow grooving. Like that's you. Uh, we talked about, uh, and I'm sure you're gonna talk about it. Um, uh, uh, internet real estate. Yeah. How you got internet real estate. You got properties, which are websites, which are domains, which are places for people to go purchase products, services, and goods. And you making more than $400 a month on each of these real estate properties, internet real estate properties, social media and social internet, um, social real estate properties that's generating you more than $400 a month with less of the responsibility that comes with a $250,000 home. Oh, people fail to realize on this rental property, guess who's responsible? For fixing shit You Mm. Guess who's responsible For that property When Not if When That person moves Out that house You So not only are you Already struggling You go put $10,500 down You know $10,500 down On this property Or $20,000 down On this property That you didn't have That you borrowed to get And then you go get this property You rent it out $400 $500 net income That you're making From this property and then you're putting a little bit of money aside, but most of you won't because you'll be spending it because you want to tell everybody you got rental properties. And when that person moves out, guess what happens? You're responsible for the mortgage. Hey, listen, family, if you want to learn how to build your own banking system. Yes, I said it. Build your own banking system. We have a wonderful course over 30 lessons, 25 hours of content that also comes with a 268 page textbook. Yes, textbook that's going to teach you how to build your own private banking system with your family. And let me tell you something. You don't have to be rich in order to do it. Inside of this, go to privatebankingblueprint.com, privatebankingblueprint.com, and we're going to show you exactly how you can build your own private banking system for your family. Guess what? Say buy the credit. Say buy the debt. I'm going to show you how to do it with our private banking blueprint. See you there, privatebankingblueprint.com. 
So now are you already struggling, but now you got to cough up the mortgage. I, I got a client, Brother Ben, uh, they got six properties. Oh, they doing it big in Georgia. They got six properties. They make about 150000 a year. They're older, six, seven, uh, 60, uh, they're in their 60s, uh, 58, 62, like around that range. And um, when I first looked at it, I said, oh, Jake, we got six properties. We pop, pop, pop. We inherited it too. And I'm like, oh, okay. That sounds good. Let me see the numbers though. Because you're coming to me for a reason. Let me see the numbers you got. So they showed me the numbers and they said, and I said, well, I'm looking at the cash flow from your rental properties. You said you got six. Oh, no, sir. We actually meant seven. I said, okay. So you got seven. He said, yeah, but we really don't count the seventh one because it's, it's, it's paid off and stuff, but it can't ever keep a renters in it because, you know, it's in a bad neighborhood. So we just say six. I said, okay. So you got six. He said, yes. I said, how much mortgage debt are you in? $675,000. I said, okay. So that's how many houses is that on mortgage? Two. So I said, four. Are uh four are cash like free, and then the other two are are mortgage. He said, "Yeah." I said, "So why does it say that your net? Because she keeps everything. Mm-hmm. That your net cash flow from the properties from the seven properties in total for six months throughout this last year was only eight hundred ninety eight dollars." Wow. <laughs> from six properties, and I say, I say, um. Uh, so I see, you know, six months later around June, it kicked up to like $2,500, but only $2,500 from these six properties. They said, Jake, the hardest thing that we didn't come to realize was, was actually keeping people in the property. Mm. And she said, the craziest thing is the actual properties that we mortgaged ourselves because all of it, us, everything else was inherited. The properties that we mortgaged ourselves are always one of the ones that we got to pay the mortgage on because can't nobody stay in it. Mm. Or they always messing up our stuff. We got to kick them out. They doing stuff that's out of the contract. So we got they, they, they forget to pay the uh, mortgage. I got to chase. I said, oh, 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 Drake, Drake. <laughs> So, so everything that you thought was in real estate, you thought it was just that you, you, that's what you thought. And so that's what I began to tell Brother Ben. And when I began to put down the numbers like that, I told him, I said, listen, now, of course, there are people in real estate making money, of course. But one of the, one of the things we got to understand when it comes to real estate, it ain't no a get rich quick scheme. And all of these educational people that's teaching these, 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 these real estate courses, they're trying to teach you that it's a quick money game. You can flip money game. Now, maybe wholesaling, maybe flipping a crib. But actually buying, holding, and renting a property, and your only your only answer is I want to make sure my kids have rental properties to be able to do. First of all, get out the mortgage you in before you start trying to talk about rental properties. Because you're gonna be one hundred percent responsible for that. Now watch this, brother Ben. Most people fail to realize this, and I'll and I'll be quiet. Those rental properties that you have a mortgage on, at any time the banks can call that note. What do you mean by that? At any time, the banks can call a note. What that means is if the bank, say the bank goes under or is bought out by another bank, Mm -hmm. that bank that lended you that money for that mortgage, Mm -hmm. the new bank can tell you, oh, you got too much leverage. I want want to call back some of that. And you got to be able to cough up what they lent you. You got to be able to cough that up. Mm. Now, let's deal with this real quick, because I want to talk about the right way to do it, because there's somebody named Mr. James. And he says, bro, what puts you in slavery is interest and taxes. You're going to pay property taxes, school taxes, mud taxes, etc. 
That's where the slavery comes from, not the home. The home is a solid investment. Then he says, oh, so we're not buying land now, even though you literally said that that's, <laughs> you're not saying that and that buying land is cool. <laughs> he even made an example. You're not buying the land uh, that you put in your home on. So he's not saying don't buy land. So in somebody uh, uh, in, in the case that somebody wants to do this, you know, rent our homes. What is the proper way? Would you say, man, just be patient. Till you have the money uh, or, 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 or are you saying don't do this at all? What are you saying so that Mr. James can have a better understanding? Because he's saying that the home is a good investment. Uh, the only thing that puts us in slavery is the interest. And you already I, I don't know why he misinterprets you about the land part. Okay, first of all, that's exactly what I said. And, and you said the only thing that puts you in slavery is the interest, and that's the biggest piece. <laughs> like, uh, yes, so I'm going to go in slavery. I'm going to willingly go in slavery knowing that the interest is the number one thing that puts me. Uh, yes, of course I'm talking about that. And the second thing is, why do you buy land? You buy, you buy land for future gain. I'm buying land so that because I'm looking in the city and I know that they one day they may be building on this land or I'm buying land so my family compound can have enough room for us to be able to have maybe a farm, maybe a school, maybe multiple houses my kids can be able to grow on. That's why I'm buying land. But that little square that is little is literally creepy in these neighborhoods where the, it's literally a perfect cutout square. That ain't land you buying. I don't know what you think that is. Because when it comes to the homeowner association, you can't break that building down. You can't break that house down and make what you want. So the homeowner association own that land. You, you can't even let your grass grow however you want it to grow. You can't, even, you can't even build nothing on that property if you got a homeowner association without getting the approval of the homeowner association. So you ain't buying land. You just literally just rent. You really, you're still renting. If I'm paying mortgage on a home, the bank still own your home. You are still renting. Mm. Well, Jake, I got equity in my house that I can pull out. Most of y'all ain't even playing the game that way. So don't act as if that's something that you were thinking about doing. Or if that was the case, you would have not gotten yourself in a $300,000 home. You would have took your butt to the hood and got a maybe forty, fifty thousand $50,000 home. Let the equity grow up in that. Take the twenty, thirty thousand $30,000 out of that. Put it down on another home. So you got now two homes that's outright clean and free. And now you got multiple locations limiting your risk, limiting your liability so that your cash flow is able to grow at the same exact cost that it would have been growing instead of paying for two hundred, three hundred thousand dollar homes that you barely even use a space for. So would you say this is more so about cash flow? Um, because what got me is the fact that if you're if you're mortgaging the house and you're paying all this money, at the end of the day you end up paying a four hundred thousand uh, dollars. You end up paying four hundred some thousand dollars or even more for right. let's say a two hundred thousand dollar house. So even That's if you want to sell it, hell, you ain't gonna get more than what you done paid on it. Um, so in this aspect, he says, if you own any kind of property, you're going to have some kind of debt, a home, not free. Uh, you're going to pay something on it regardless, even if you own it straight out. So wouldn't the answer to that be, yes, you may acquire some kind of debt, but it's about having the proper cash flow and cash flow that's not going to be very small for one. And then if you are mortgaging, mortgaging the house yourself, you're not paying way, way, way more than it's actually worth. So how would you respond to that? Perfect. So, 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 uh, Mr. James, what I want to tell you is you got to, you got to mimic the bank. So if I'm going to put myself at debt, right? If I'm going to be leveraging myself, the cash flow from that property, me purchasing a home that I live in, 
And me putting money into that home is not an investment because it is not generating you cash flow. So you got to think of yourself as a banker, not a consumer. The bank is lending you money that three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars, right? So they're so they're putting themselves at risk like we do when we get debt. But the only difference is they're getting $1,800 to $2,000 to $3,000 a month in cash flow back on the debt. That's the difference. They're receiving the money in cash flow. So if that $250,000 home that we talked about, Brother Ben, mm-hmm. that, that $1,200, $1,400 mortgage, the bank is receiving a $1,400 cash flow from lending you the money. So the whole idea of buying the property to live in as a good investment is not a good investment, especially when you're saying because I want my kids to own the home uh, and I want them to have something that they can put their name on. If that were the case, most of us, when we purchase homes, you will purchase homes that will be put in areas that that we know for a fact that there will be companies and buildings that are going to be built. Maybe um um. What, what what when they go and uh, fix up uh, the city and people get mad about it? Oh, and it raises the value. Yeah, like, they raise, what's it called? Uh, gentrification. So gentrification, when it's, it has nothing to do with race, has everything to do with capitalizing on opportunity. And so you would you would go buy land and properties in those areas if that were the case. But the problem is that's not the case. You're buying a home in in a suburb. You're buying your home in the Lancaster, Cedar Hill, Duncanville, DeSoto. You know, you 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 you're talking about you, you're buying it for your kids. You ain't buying it for them kids. You ain't buying it for your kids. So the best way I believe, me personally, like my wife and I, we we made a pact. We would not purchase a home if we couldn't finance it ourselves from our bank. <laughs> we would not purchase a home unless we can finance it ourselves from our family bank. Not Bank of America Bank, not Chase Bank, not Credit Union Bank, from our bank where we can pay the mortgage back to ourselves. And that is what y'all really want to know. And that means that we have what? That means we have to have patience. That means that we can't move where the way we want to move until we have enough cash flow. Because our mind says, if I'm going to be spending $747,000 uh, paying for this property that I live on for 30 years, why can't I pay that money to myself? So we put ourselves in a vehicle. We position ourselves so that we're able to be able to go purchase a home the way that we want to. And we can actually finance it ourselves from our personal bank where we actually capture all of the interest that we would have been paying to the bank. We can capture it for ourselves. And that's what's key. That's what people have to understand. And that's why you see these internationals, they come and they live together. Because they understand individually, you just because you can pay the note don't mean you can afford the bill. Just because you can pay the monthly mortgage doesn't mean that you can afford the property. That's why these internationals come. You don't think they be beefing in the house? You don't think they be mad because a cousin don't brush his teeth and and Bobo Nim don't wash they uh, uh don't wash their toes? Of course, but when you understand that there's a cost that is associated and there's a certain amount of, I I would not put myself in debt. I would not put myself in debt. I would not put my, I would not put my, my freedom at risk to be in debt, in slavery debt, in money, in money slavery, unless I know for a fact that this property or this investment or this strategy is going to one, Benefit me more than it's benefiting the entity or two, I can control the terms. And it's only one vehicle I know that allows me to be able to do that. But it takes patience and patience is something that most people don't want. All right. We got a caller. 
Peace, welcome to the show. What's your name and where you calling from? And what's your question? My name, Jay. I'm calling from the Dallas, Louisville. Yes, sir. What's your question? My question is, what y'all feel about group economics? I'm 100% for that, brother. Yeah, of course. You, you said you said group economics, right? Yeah, group economics. I'm I'm a hundred percent for group economics because what group economics, um, in itself, what it does, it practices patience, and it practices uh, foresight and vision. So, in order to, to in group economics, what it's doing is what we have when you when you're talking about group economics, you have to put together a plan where everybody that's a part of that. That ecosystem is getting value from. And so there has to be a plan. There has to be something that's far thought out that's also going to require patience because everybody's getting a piece of whatever the value of getting together for. And the problem that I have, brother, is the fact that you look at internationals when they come over here, they practice group economics to the T. But you got people, black, uh, blacks in America, Africans in America, us, we have access to the information. But because we, we're in the want it now society, we're in the popcorn phase, we, we're, in a, we're in a microwave phase. We don't want to practice group economics because we don't, you know, we, 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 don't like, we, don't like, we don't like to be patient. So I'm 100% for that. All right. Hey, Brother Van X, I want to ask you something. Okay. I wanted to know, like, uh... I'll be selling with uh with the uh with the honorable uh Farrakhan be talking about, but I wanted to know, do you have to be a part of the NOI to follow his teachings? No. Um no you do not. You can get message to the black man online, our savior has arrived online, you can watch the lectures online and simply accept your own and be yourself. So you don't have to necessarily call yourself a registered Muslim. Um, you can just start to live the lifestyle, get how to eat to live, start eating right, start thinking right, and start acting right. Okay, uh, brother Ben X, I'm in the DSW area, man. I want to uh, link up with you. I got a few things going on. I want to talk about. Maybe get you on my podcast. Okay, well, just email me at bookbrotherbenx at gmail dot com with the details, and then we can uh, go from there. Okay, brother Ben X at gmail. Yes, sir. Bookbrotherbenx at gmail. Okay, book brother Ben X. All right, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate what you're doing, man. Keep it going, man. One love. Yes, sir. Peace. Uh, whoever that was that was trying to call in, you can call in now. Uh, what I would say about the group economics is, um, I definitely love it and I definitely support it because I feel like a lot of opportunities that I have now, a lot of income streams that I have now, is due to you know my influence. Like I always say, I don't have to do everything. I don't have to be the brother that's uh, farming. I don't have to be the brother that's teaching. Uh, I don't have to be the brother that's, uh, you know, doing the life insurance. But if a brother does and he has value and I have value in the audience, then that's group economics because I'm not the one teaching it. He's teaching it. So if we pool our resources and realize that we all have something to offer, then uh, whatever I don't do, I can send it to another brother or sister that does do it. And then we both can benefit that way. What's your name and uh, where you calling from and what's your question? My name is Victor. Uh, Someone like um. Alaikum salam. So, brother. Yes, sir. But um, Vic, I know you. I talked to you not too long ago, so yeah, that's that's me. Um, but you, I know you busy, so you probably don't know why. But um, <laughs> my question was uh, twenty fifty three and the unified approach that we are gonna take toward that. I I heard a, I read a report where they were saying the uh the average black wealth is gonna be zero by twenty fifty three. Yeah. If you black. You listening to this right here? 
that's a problem. Even if it's not you in particular, you think you're going to get out of that? You know, you got a brother, a cousin, a sister, a child, an uncle, an auntie, or somebody going to be broke in 2053. Yeah. And so what's the, what's the unified approach that we're going to take? And is anybody talking about that as a people? Uh, that's actually a great question, Vic. I, I got a solution to that. Go ahead. My solution to that, Brother Vic, is very simple. And it's an easy, easy, easy response in more ways than one. It's, it's through life insurance. It's through insurance. Uh, and it's in multiple ways. I, I, I'll break it down to you, right? Uh, the first way, uh, brother, is uh, when it comes from life insurance, life insurance is the only thing that guarantees that wealth can be passed down tax-free, probate-free, and lawsuit-free from one generation to the next. We're just talking about the death thereof of a person. And is it not true that people will die by 2053? Yes, sir. It's absolutely true. So the very first way that you can actually save a, a group of people when it comes to being economically deprived or loss of cash flow thereof, the very first thing that you have to understand is that we as a body, we're the best asset there is. Not the properties, not the land. You, your ability to generate cash flow, for one, you should have money on your body, on your meat suit. We all know that we're going to die one day. That is a guarantee. So if I'm going to die, I ain't dying free and I ain't dying cheap. So that's one way. So the very first way, so that's 2053. We accomplished that. The next thing is there's this little feature inside of life insurance that most people don't understand. If people were to go to the FDIC.gov, click search. FDIC is is what uh, all banks that are backed by FDIC, they have to report their assets and liabilities ledger on the uh, on the uh on uh, FDIC.gov. You click the search engine, type in Bank of America as a case study. You type in Bank of America, you're going to click this like gray box that's going to pop up. You click that link, the very first link. Then you're going to see where it says assets and liabilities. You click generate report. On line 28, you'll see where Bank of America puts $3 billion inside of stocks, common mm. stock. But if you go down to line 41, you're going to see where it says life insurance assets, where banks literally hide $22 billion of their cash flow they lock up $22 billion of their cash flow inside of life insurance. Well, well, Brother Jake, that sounds a little morbid. They're waiting for people to die. No, 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 no. There has to be something, a reason why banks, these financial institutions, will literally hide, hoard cash flow inside of these instruments we call life insurance. If you look up the definition of life insurance, I mean, if you look up the definition of what own, what is bank-owned life insurance and use the Investopedia definition, it's very easy to see. You're going to be able to see where they say that banks use life insurance as a tax shelter and as a tax-free uh, to be able to access the money tax-free. So the very first thing that we should be doing is, for one, buying life insurance for your meat suit. It guarantees wealth is passed down. And two, storing your money inside of life insurance the same way banks do. What benefit is that, Brother Jake? Very simple. The benefit is inside these cash uh, cash accounts, inside your life insurance, there's this little savings account where you can legally store money tax-free. Inside that savings account, you get a guaranteed 4% interest on your money immediately. Not only on that money, you can access that money within 31 days if you put money into that. So I think it's very important that people understand the assets that are available to them. But I uh, also, not only that, I, un I honestly believe that the number one way to be able to protect the money that we make is understanding the assets of, of, of life insurance and using it to its full capability. Peace, family. Thank you for checking out the Brother Ben X podcast. Many people are wondering, what can I do now since digital real estate closed on October the 1st? I still want to learn how to make money on social media. I still want to learn how to market, and I still want to learn how to build my brand. Well, there's one more way that you can do it. It's a couple ways, but I want to tell you all about the ABS tribe. 
The ABS Tribe is weekly coaching every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday for only $50 a month. If you are looking for accountability, if you're looking for a group of people that's willing to inspire you, help you out, support you, encourage you, you want to get inside of our ABS Tribe because every Tuesday and Thursday, me and Brother Jake or one of our more top million dollar friends or six-figure friends are on teaching you every single week. If you want to join the ABS Tribe, go to www whatisabstribe.com www.whatisabstribe.com and I'm going to be honest with yeah. you brother uh, this brother is my brother but also I call him my financial advisor I hell I'm going to I'm a, I'm going to the same thing he said <laughs> yes sir yes sir yes sir uh, the other thing if I could just ask you one more question go ahead Okay, so the other thing I just wanted to ask is um, how do we get to the point? Because the major problem with a lot of us, you know, you see it everywhere. Everybody got this idea of doing for sale. We understand this now. Um, for the most part, a lot of us understand this. But can you talk about the fact that we need to um, change the culture? You know, because a lot of us, what we're doing is we're doing the same thing white people doing. We're doing the same thing the Asian people doing. We come into the hood. We're trying to extract capital. And then we turn around and we spending that same money outside the community. So it's just one step beyond what we were doing before. Um, you know, valuing black uh, economics on a mass scale so that, you know, you're trying to spend 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 80% of your income with your people, with people of like mind so that money can circulate more. Because we're going to spend money anyway. Mm-hmm. We spending it every day. We making somebody rich on every transaction. All transactions is making somebody profit. Um, can you just talk about the mindset of, of really thinking about that in a strategic manner? Um, because I think I think it's very important. I'll and let J- I'll, you I'll, all your hard work. I'll let Jake break down the strategic manner. But as far as mindset goes, you said that we understand do for self. I think we don't. Yep. Uh, I think that we are good quoters at this point. You know, we talk about black business. We talk about what we need to do. We talk about starting businesses. And a lot of people can say it. But then you have to not only say it, but be it. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said you have to uh, he said you never have to condemn a dirty glass, put the clean one next to it. So I tell people all the time, even when it comes with the teachings. Oh, my grandfather had message to the black man. My uncle used to have a minister plan. Yeah, that's cool. But what are you applying from what you heard Ooh. and how are you now using that, uh, using that to benefit your life? <laughs> so I think it's easy for us to say do for self. Yeah. But if every time I get money is going somewhere else or if I'm not even building a service myself for my people to support, then do we really understand it? Or is this just something that we're saying? So I think one thing that we have to realize is or go seeking uh, black businesses. Like a lot of people say, nobody's doing something. I get tired of hearing that nobody's doing this. Nobody got a school. Nobody got a restaurant. That's a lie. Many people got schools. Many people got restaurants. Many people got businesses in almost everything that we need. But we have to put together, I think, a uh, a website or we have to get in our contacts, people that we can support that are black owned and then be patient. See, as soon as somebody pay you uh, or, or as soon as somebody charge an extra five dollars, now you Man. who's supposed to be so conscious now comparing them to the <laughs> white folks. But you got to realize they had these a two hundred year start. Yeah, these same white folks probably got a million dollars and can buy the products in bulk, mm-hmm. so now they can charge That's cheaper. Right. Yep. So when a brother is uh, asking you for a certain amount and you don't want to support him, like Brother Neri said, hell, black man, shot you one hush puppy, you ain't never going back. 
You ain't, he ain't give you enough ketchup things and you ain't going back. But the white man can continue to do something over and over again and you steady going back. So I think there has to be a transformation of the mind with the producers, yeah. those who are producing the business and those who are consuming the business to be patient and help them build. And they may not have all of their structure right, but build with them like you build with everybody else who is building their businesses. And and to add, oh, boy, you was on point, brother. Man, boy, you was yes, so, so, so to add to that, uh, uh, the actual actual definition of intelligence like a lot of people think that uh, you know you're intelligent because of your ability to acquire new information but by definition the definition of intelligence is the ability to acquire and apply new knowledge and skill so when i think about the application of intelligence me just getting the information like you said message to the black man and all these other novelties that we have out here that gives us access to this type of information not only me acquiring information but i have to get as practical and as good as real Reading as I uh, as applying as I am at reading. That's right. And so the opposite of intelligence is a fool. So somebody who's able to understand the new way and still be able to do the old way is a place that you don't want to be. So we talked about that. Um, so we talked about that. And the next thing is I want to go to strategy, right? Uh, and, it, and, it, and it starts with patience, right? Brother Ben, Brother Ben, so you have to have patience. I'll give you an example. There's a, there's a new T-shirt. Uh, brother, I'm trying now. It's actually one of Brother Ben's uh, T-shirt vendors. His, uh, his name is Pernell. Pernell X. And Pernell X screwed up my first shirt. I'm talking about he towed it up and I was hot. I paid him fourteen dollars. I was hot. I was hot. Like he like, man, I, I I did it how you how I thought, you know. I stretched a little I said, listen, brother, listen, brother. Listen, man, I don't like it. It's ugly. I don't like it. But I'm gonna tell you what I'm gonna do. I want a new shirt made and this is how I want it, and I'm going to pay you again to get it right. Come on. That's right. See, That's see, 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 this is the P this That's is right. truth. This is true. This happened. Yeah, he told me this the other day. This fact. This happened. So I, I got my little, it, it, I mean, you know, it was $14 because I wanted a demo shirt made before I got a bunch made. It was $14. The first shirt was disgusting. I mean, my wife came in. I said, like, you like this shirt? And she was like, I mean, it's, it looked like that's a shirt y'all do community service in. I'm like, I don't want to do community service. <laughs> I want to wear it. So Brother Pernell, he came to me and I said, listen, man, I don't like it. I don't like the shirt. I don't, I, I don't cut forward. The, the, the design, the work is bad. It doesn't look like my logo at all. And he literally thought, that I was going to like say, no, nah, I'm good. I said, no, I will give the white man another chance. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give you another chance to get it right. And then I'm yes, going sir. to show you exactly how I want it. I'm going to show you the placement of the shirt that I want. And I'm going to pay you again to do it. When will you have it done? And when he got it done, he got it done right, which means we want to exercise patience. The very next thing that we want to do, you can't say that you want to be the person who's supporting the black community and lack patience. And then, too, you can't be price shopping and comparing because Pernell can't go buy bulk shirts at, at, at bulk as the as the as the screenshot man, mm -hmm. the screen print man. That's that company been in the, the family for 50 years. Yeah. And so it's my job. I want to be the one that's the catalyst to help his business get off the track. Because guess what? I'm going to be a primary customer if I stay patient and help him get on the track. See, we don't want to see people grow now. Uh, conversely, now let me talk to these black business owners. You can't just say because I'm black that people are supposed to support you. Mm -hmm. The profits and the revenue that you make as a business owner, especially being black, especially being black, you don't have time to go buy Lex, Lex luxury, Lexuses and Benz. You don't have time to go buy the best and the newest stuff to make you look like you're on top of the game. Every single dollar you make, the large majority of it needs to be invested back into your business to help with your processes, your systems, and to make sure that you can start getting those cost margins down. Stop living like you're rich and you 
really broke. And that's what stops people from coming back to you. In my, in my office, everything we got in here is used. My car I drive, used. This is 2004. And we did multiple six figures this year. But the, what we did, we're investing money back into our infrastructure, back into our processes, back into our systems so that the customer experience continues to grow. And you got to start looking long term, black man, black woman, and stop saying, I want to be a boss because I'm tired of somebody telling me what to do. Well, let me tell you, if you keep cutting corners, somebody going to be telling you what to do real soon. It's going to be somebody from another uh, from another gen- uh, a gender, I mean, a uh, race than the one that you want. So stop being stop being bougie, work hard, invest back into your business and stay low until it's time for you to come up. There it is, brother. Oh, damn, he wasn't even with us no more. But I, I'm sure you heard it on the line, though. We got enough time to take one more phone call. I know there was a couple people that was trying to call in. We can take uh, we can take one more one more phone call. Didn't want to hold the line. Oh, he said he didn't want to hold the line. Okay, well, you got your answer. He, he heard the answer. But whoever that was that was trying to call while he was on, uh, go ahead and call, and we'll take one more call, and then we'll wrap it up. Brother Ben, I still ain't had nobody ask about that little savings account. <laughs> hey, they, hey, 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 if you are if you are interested in learning more about what Brother Jake was talking about, how we can protect our future, go to pay to lead at gmail.com. Brother Danubian, can you put that in the chat for me? That's paid number two lead at gmail.com. It's not L-E-E-D, it's L-E-A-D, paid to lead at gmail.com. Uh, peace. Uh, thank you for calling in. What's your name? Where are you calling from? And what's your question? Peace, power, righteousness. Hotel, Uza, Maat. My name is William Williams. Just trying to um, speak to y'all about time and uh, how we can be able to put time in our own hands, being on code and basically breaking away from the calendar that we usually go by since it's not really portrayed it to to go by for us yes sir do you have a do you have a question about finances about the topic of the show yes so so uh basically how finances can how finances can um help us come together what do you think about the things that we are we are basically putting our um our assets to other than just going by the time that that they that that we go by that that we usually go by repeat the question again please so the time that we go by how do you how do you all think that the finances is going to help be able to be uh connecting with our daily our daily things that we are uh, basically uh are putting our our time and our effort into like the cycle with the the cycle with within the um within with within this uh time period how do you feel like that our finances can how do you feel like our finances can uh be able to show that we are we are making more effort to uh, become a part of more than just being on this time that we go by i'll let jake take that one hey brother um actually i would like to uh uh answer that uh 
off because I'm still confused on the question, and I don't want to push past your question, especially when we have uh, only a little bit more time and we can get that. I feel like that's going to be a deeper question that may look, take a little bit more time than the show allows. So if you um, if you go to a pay a to lead at gmail.com and put your information, me and Brother Ben, we'll, we'll, we'll give you a shout, and we'll, we'll, we'll chop with you offline. Is that cool? Yeah, that's cool. Yes, yes, yes. All right. So paid to lead l e a d at gmail dot com, and we'll chop it up with you because I, I feel like that's going that, that conversation going to be longer than the show allows. Okay. All right, for sure. All right, y'all take care. Peace. All right, you all right too. peace. One more, uh, one more in um, economics uh, saving. Uh, the best way to save. You have any questions about saving? You have any questions about the life insurance, the savings account? How can we prepare for the future? Cause it's crazy that nobody asked that. I just yeah, no. So a sister just asked. She says, "So what?" It, so she <laughs> says after you said that. So what is the savings account? That's what she said. Yeah. So so built inside of these life insurance policies, and this is what I go through when I talk to clients all across the country. Built inside these insurance policies is this savings account. It's a reserve. It's a cash reserve, and inside this cash reserve, you get four percent. You get a 4% annual uh, interest on this cash reserve. Not only that, when you op- open up a policy with a mutually owned company, you become a, like a shareholder of the company. It's a mutual company only owned by the policyholders. And then they pay a four, 2 to typically 8% dividend on top of the 4% on that cash reserve. So if I got my money sitting in the bank and it's not making money for me, I got all this money in other areas, and, and we're playing Russian roulette with the only capital that's allowed uh, for us to be able to grow in this economically driven society, uh, I, I'm, I'm putting my money in, in all these risky areas, and this, pro- this product gives you a lot more guarantees. Peace, what's your name, where you calling from, what's your question? Can you turn us down in the background, please? Hello? Yeah, can you turn us down in the background, please? Oh, yeah, no problem. Yeah, so what's your name, where you calling from, what's your question? Last question, give us a... Oh, uh, my name is Sincere, I'm calling from Connecticut. And um, the uh, the savings account you're talking about, are you talking about like a, like a whole life insurance? Absolutely, brother. Dividend-paying whole life insurance product. Oh, okay, okay. Um, yeah, I had one of those, and uh, I had it too high, and I couldn't afford to keep it up, but yeah, you're definitely right. Uh, I'm about to get one back uh, from our kids and stuff. Good, and, and I think that it's very important that you that you work with people who qualify to, 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 to give real financial analysis because if you were the right financial advisor, you should have never, they, they would have never started you off that high where you couldn't afford it, where you had to drop it. So I think it's very important you're that, right, you're right. that that uh, that you understand that they saw their benefit of getting that cash, and you gotta you gotta work with people that's for the people that's going to make sure that they put you in a scenario that you're going to win and you're not putting yourself at risk because getting that started and having to stop that that's a hard blow. So you want to make sure that you you put yourself in an environment so that you can get it going uh, uh, and, and be able to grow it. And so if you want to learn more about that and how we help our customers, go to paid. To lead at gmail.com and uh, we'll, we'll, okay. we'll, we'll, we'll lock you in because we're doing a master class um, uh, this weekend on Saturday, breaking down how we do it specifically. But for you, since you're already familiar with it, go to pay to lead at gmail.com and we'll set you up right. I think we got time for one more because that was quick. Yeah, did, was, was that your question? Did you have a question or is that what you was asking? Um, is the Nation of Islam doing any like group economics? Yes. Where, like, there's, like, one account and, like, people, like, I guess donate money to, like, purchase things or anything like that? Yeah, we have the economic blueprint, Muhammad economic blueprint, and that is to sustain the land that we have. So we have a thousand acres, a thousand acres of land 
and Atlanta, I think, com- maybe combined or maybe in each, Atlanta and Michigan. And we also have Muhammad University of Islam. Uh, I have that posted on my YouTube page where we, I walked the whole university and showed that as well. Okay. And we also uh, we also have the uh, Able Food Network. So the Able Food Network is if you go to your local Muhammad Mosque, you will be able to order some of the food that we have that's coming from that land and from various places where uh, we got organic, uh, you know, broccoli. We got oranges. We got a couple of things on that. If you just type in Able Food Network, um, you will see it. Definitely. Cause I just started doing that uh, one meal a day out of the uh, How to Eat for Lunch book. Yeah, man, keep that up, man. You're going to start looking young, man. They're going to start thinking you back in college. <laughs> All right, I appreciate it, man. I love watching the show. Keep it up, man. Appreciate it. Peace. All right, that last one who was called in, y'all going to be the very, 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 very last one. Somebody said, Jake Orban explained the beginning of self-investment. Um, I think uh, the beginning should be in education, uh, your mindset, because I was actually thinking to myself the other day, if somebody gave me $10,000 and I didn't know how to use it or if I wasn't disciplined, it's only going to magnify who I am. So the real investment is in a paradigm shifting change of your subconscious mind, because now that I got 10,000, what am I going to do with it? Am I going to go out and buy 10,000 or 500 pairs of Jordans or am I going to go out and put it into an asset or even get a financial advisor? Is it even going to be on my mind to even consult with somebody before I use it, being that I have never had $10,000 before? So I think the best investment that you can have right now is to focus on, you know, where would I put my money if I had 10000 You know, what is a life insurance policy? Uh-huh. You know, what is a cash account? Uh-huh. What will be my plan after I get these certain things? So I think that would be the best investment. Getting you somebody like Jake, who's a financial, it was my financial advisor. He can break stuff down to you, show you different things. We like, actually hey, got a school. Yeah, yeah. Check out the school as well. We already we, we do have a business school as well that you can sign up for. Learn business, learn finances, learn the difference between an asset and a liability. So once this money do come and you manifest it, you'll know what to do with it. Because when you look at these people who are hit the lottery and they go bankrupt, it's because they didn't have the mental capacity to learn how to do it. Yep. So the minister talks about the perpendicular living. So in the cross, you got a vertical line, then you got that horizontal line. And usually the vertical line is much longer than the horizontal line. Well, the minister says that the vertical line represents your mental, your principles, your character, your morals, and the uh, horizontal line represents your economic. This is your land. This is your home. This is your businesses. And if you're not living a perpendicular lifestyle, if you don't have the principles and the strength and the characters uh, and all that to actually manage what you have, then you're going to eventually lose it. Like I say all the time, we can build businesses, we can build hospitals, you can build whatever the case may be. But like Brother Malik said, if we don't have individuals who are prepared to run these businesses, they're going to run those businesses down. Thank you for listening. I mean, thank you for calling in. What's your name? Where you calling from? You are the very last question. I promise. So what's your question? <laughs> How you doing, um, Brother Ben? Uh, hi, my name is Mr. James in the chat. Mr. James. There you go. We knew you was going to call know. in, Brother <laughs> Mr. Know. James. <laughs> Come you on know. in Come here. On. Yeah, we're going to end this with a bang. <laughs> yeah, you knew I was coming through. I felt it, too. Oh, uh, I had I had a question for uh for you guests. Okay. I got a question for you guests about okay. uh about debt. You know, uh since most African Americans, most black people in America, since many of us are in debt, uh-huh. I was wondering can the brother uh share a couple of examples of uh what can we do to leverage the debt that we're in in order to become uh profitable, in order to get out of debt? 
That's that's actually a great question, um, and I can only tell you. And this is what I tell all of our. This is what I tell all of our, um, all of my clients. And I think this is what helps me, helps them. Uh, I just practice what I tell them. What me and my wife practice. And so um, you're familiar with like refinancing, right? Yeah, I'm familiar with refinancing. And so, uh, so what my wife and I, what we practice through this saving strategy that I talked to y'all about. Um, my wife and I, we practice refinancing where we start to take ownership of our debt. So in refinancing, mm-hmm. it goes from one financial institution to the other, correct? That's and correct. now you owe that debt to that new financial institution, but releasing you from owing another institution. That's correct? Um, it depends. So, depends so, type of, uh, no, so I'll give you an example. So I'll give you an example of the refi, right? Yeah. So if I, owe, if I own a home with uh, Bank of America. At 6%. Correct. Say it's at 6%. If I refinance my okay. home with a credit union, they purchase my debt from Bank of America, which releases my, uh-huh. my, my, me, me owing that debt to Bank of America. Is that correct? In ordinary circumstances, and sometimes you might own a portion of that debt to a third party. So oh, you're talking, about, so you're talking refinance. about refinancing one piece of the debt. But, but right. the, in order to refinance, if, if, if a third, if a, if a second party, has a, uh, a percentage of that mortgage in order to refinance, you're going to have to first pay the percentage that you own to that second party mm-hmm. to be free of that debt. And Before then, you you'll can be, refi- then you'll be uh, free to refinance the other large chunk to the primary uh, lien holder. Yeah, but, but that's, primary- that, that's not normal circumstances. The, the normal circumstances, typically somebody owes the, the mortgage debt to one financial institution. Typically. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, and then you have, you know, yeah. Okay. So we, we're, on, we're on the same. I just wanted to get us on the same yeah, level. Okay. Track. So, yeah, so, so, so typically that's how refinancing works. So what my wife and I do, we build up our savings strategy that we use and then we start mm-hmm. purchasing that debt from these institutions to now where we own the debt and we begin to pay ourselves back. So the number one thing that we teach our clients and we teach families all across the country is I don't necessarily want to run away from the debt because me Literally taking my cash flow that's alive that can generate more cash flow and purchasing it to debt is actually the worst mistake I can make when it comes to uh, the value of my money because my money is dying. I want my money to, to work multiple ways at one time. So me, what we do, we store our money inside this saving strategy, inside these insurance policy like we talked about, which gains 4%. When I, when I borrow out that policy – that, that money that I borrowed from is still in there accumulating interest as if I never took it out. Now I go and purchase. Go ahead. By having your, your money tied up into this, uh, this saving policy, uh-huh. uh, when, you, when you withdraw it, uh, do they uh, have some type of penalty on that, on that money for no, withdrawing sir. it? No, sir. It's tax-free. It grows tax-free. You can access tax-free. Okay. Grows tax free, okay. access to tax free. So what we teach, we teach families the the uh, the value of owning your own debt and paying yourself back that interest. Because the key, if okay. I want to beat interest, I got to become the person who owns the debt to get the interest. And so when I realize okay. that this whole society is a lending game and financing game, I want to be the financier, which means I want to become the banker and I want to think like the bank and I want to own my own debt. So that's what we teach. We teach families how to become the banker, how to think like the bank, and you own your own debt. You start buying your debt back away from the banks, away from the credit unions, away from these third-party lenders, and you start paying yourself back plus the interest, and you're going to see that that interest account, that same account that you have, will literally start to supersede far 
more, you know, more ways than you can imagine because that's the number one way that America makes money. It's all financing, banking, and lending. So if you can become the banker of your own debt, brother, I'm telling you, your life will be totally different. Okay. I appreciate, I appreciate all the information that no you problem. gave us uh, tonight. I, enjoy, I thoroughly enjoyed the chat. Brother Ben Erica, as usual, man, you always give a good show. And I'd just like to say thank you. Thank you for the time and the opportunity. Yes, sir. Appreciate y'all, brother. Thanks, brother. All right, family. So that is the end of the show. Uh, This is actually a great show. So this is actually how we're going to start doing the guy numbers. We're going to get together and do it in person and allow you guys to actually just call in because I find this to be more effective. And again, if you guys are interested in what Brother Jake is talking about, you can just go to paid to lead at gmail.com. And what we're actually going to be doing is if you're interested, he's going to have a class. A actual class on Saturday and it's a free class and you can learn how to um, set this up. He can, you know, show you, walk you through. And we also have a business school uh, that you can go through as well. That How much is that? It's a finance and business school. Mm. So finance, we take them through the financial school first, which is 16 courses. 16 courses to go through the finance school. When you complete the finance school, you do all the homework. We actually give the business school pro bono off the off the top. So $400 for it all. Only for the first part of the year. The, after this quarter, it's going to go up. There it is, Fennis. So I thank you all for listening, man. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, you can go to Brother Ben X Podcast. Where can they follow you uh, on Instagram where they can get some more of these financial strategies? It is Jake Taylor Jacobs, J-A-K-E-T-A-Y-L-E-R Jacobs. So Jake Taylor Jacobs on all platforms you can find me. All right. Peace, y'all. Y'all have a blacktastic night. On my mama. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Hey, family, listen, I know COVID has messed up some of our vision and some of us, our vision for our family and our future looks a little blurry, but we want to help bring the vision back to 2020. We want you to be able to see the success and everything that you plan for 2020 to be. We want to help bring that vision back. So we have a crazy bundle for you going into Black Friday. This bundle, we got Purpose to Profit, which is a full course that's going to teach you how to turn your purpose into a product and that product into a profitable business, six-figure business from scratch. We're going to teach you how to turn your purpose into a product. We're going to teach you how to market, how to scale, how to productize. We're going to teach you how to test. We're going to teach you how to package this product so that you can be able to take it into the marketplace to be able to do great things. Not only with that bundle, you're also going to get Private Banking Blueprint where we teach you how to build your own banking system. Yes, you heard me, your own banking system. And guess what? Guess what? It's only going to be for $368. Yes, you heard it. $368. You're going to get an actual physical copy of the textbook of Private Bank and Blueprint. All of that course together for $368 all the way up until Black Friday. If you want to move on that bundle, go to visionbundle.com. Visionbundle.com and take action today.